All right. Today we have Vicki Davies. Vicki, thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I just to say apologies up front. I've got a slightly croaky voice, but I'm really looking forward to the conversation today. Sounds sounds lovely to me. Uh, first question, refresh our memory. What were you doing before INSEAD and what have you been up to for the last 20 years? Okay, that's a question. So before INSEAD, I was working for Accenture. So I was a management consultant for about five years. <clears throat> Loved it, but always felt, if I'm being honest, a little bit of a fraud that I was consulting being so young. And I really thought, well, INSEAD would be fantastic to broaden my knowledge uh, learn a whole load of stuff, and that's what took me to INSEAD. Do you feel like Do you feel like INSEAD accomplished that? I did. I mean, I vividly remember my first day consulting when I was given my first client. It was the company that my dad had worked for for thirty years. So I remember going home, saying my first client, and he was like, "Well, you know, that's why I've been for thirty years." So I always felt from that that slight sense of being a bit of a fraud. So INSEAD definitely gave me that confidence. You know, as well as I, you know, you get a little bit of everything. So I think it just gave me that little bit of knowledge in, you know, a few key areas and something to build from. So what have I been doing since? So um, for those of you who remember Bill Barnett, he was in our promotion as well. So we hooked up at INSEAD and then kind of went back to our home places. So I went back to London. He went back to Belfast. We kind of travelled every weekend for a couple of years, and then I moved. Hold on, I, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to be inappropriate here, but hooked up has a certain meaning at, <laughs> where, we're here in the United States. Uh, but carry, carry on. <laughs> so uh, that took us a couple of years, and I moved to uh, Belfast. So yeah, while we were in the travelling stage, I worked in private equity for a private equity owned business called Break Brothers. That was my first taste of real life, real business. And then when I moved over to Belfast, I then hold on. Let's let's see. What, 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 how long were we at this company for, and what 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 did this company do? So it's F two years. Um, it essentially sold food and drink and products to uh, pubs and restaurants. So there was me arriving, freshly minted out of INSEAD, and uh, this company had lots of seasoned, you know, really experienced employees. So I think I probably arrived my first day in my, in my high heels and my first job was unpacking some boxes from frozen lorries at four o'clock in the morning. So that was a rude but very, very good uh, awakening to the real world. That's great. That's great. And I imagine there's, there's some colorful characters in, in, that, uh, in that end of the industry. Yeah. And I think it was a huge learning experience, which was, you know, what you stick on a PowerPoint as an idea and a concept is completely different to what's going to work in a business in the real world. And uh, I think I probably learned, you know, a huge amount in that period about, you know, seasoned operators, you know, the experience of individuals and just perhaps being a bit thoughtful that what works, as I said, on a PowerPoint of coming from a strategy presentation isn't necessarily the real world. And um, yeah, that was a big learning curve. So All right, so that- there for two years. Yeah, there two years and I moved over to Belfast and I vividly remember I met uh, a recruitment consultant and I must have been about 30, he said, you're moving over to Northern Ireland, you're, you're young, you're clearly about to have a family, um, you know, I'm not sure there'll be a job that will sit you over here. And then I massively landed on my feet and I met a guy who uh, was the CEO of a retail part of a bank here in Northern Ireland called Ulster Bank, which is part of the RBS group. And he took a chance on me, and that was my start into banking. 
And what was that job? So that was head of strategy. Uh, that was a team of one. That was just me. And <laughs> I kind of uh, made it, uh, I kind of started to get bigger and bigger remits, took on products and pricing and marketing and change and blah, blah, blah. Really found I loved banking. Um, I hadn't been in an industry I'd been hugely in before. found it really, really interesting, really rewarding, loads of people. Um, and very much the shop floor type of banking. You know, we're not, uh, in Northern Ireland, we're not big investment banking or large corporate banking. This is day-to-day consumer banking and small and medium-sized business banking. So stayed there for uh, five, what, six what is years. It? That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I will do it multiple times during the conversation. <laughs> Go for it, Joe. Uh, uh, what is it that, about that that really kind of, kind of you know, uh, appealed to you? Yeah, when you think about day-to-day banking, you know, this is where the rubber hits the road. You know, what we do is we help people buy their first home. We help people to um, borrow money to, to grow their businesses. We're creating jobs in the local communities. We're helping people when, you know, day-to-day banking, maybe they've been a victim of fraud. So for me, it's it's a very personal type of banking, and particularly in a really small place like Northern Ireland. You know, you don't go far too far to see the businesses that you're financing or maybe the homes of people that you're helping. And that's the bit I really love about it. It's the George Bailey stuff from from It's a Wonderful Life of being, being yeah. that person, that part of the community, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that really, really as well makes you really thoughtful about making the right decisions and because, well, this is my home, so... You know, right decisions for the bank. This is Ulster Bank before I moved to, to Danske Bank, where I am now. Right decisions for, for the community, right decisions for our customers, right decisions for colleagues. Because when you live and work in a small community, those those things will stay with you. So I think that's a real leveler in terms of decision making. Thank so, you. Thank you. That, that's, that's great. So in terms of chronology, I'm probably then I was at Ulster Bank for about five years, five, six years. And then during that time, I'd had two boys and then I had twin boys. So I'm up to four kids at this point. Wow. Wow. And I got an opportunity to move to the other big bank in the region, which was Danske Bank. Um, and that was, I don't know, it must have been 2012, sort of 12 years ago. And I joined the executive committee. And then from that, I was on the path to board, deputy CEO, and then took over as CEO a couple of years ago. That's that's very interesting. And what kind of a uh, what kind of an operation are we talking about here? Like how, how many how many total employees are 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 underneath you, for, for lack of a better word? Yeah. So we've got one thousand three hundred employees. We've got half a million mm-hmm. customers. Um, we have ten billion in customer deposits and six billion in customer lending. So um, you know we are predominantly Northern Ireland based. Um, but we do bits and pieces uh, in the rest of the UK as well, which is a growth opportunity for us. So that's the kind of scale of the business. So, you know, really, you know, big fish in Northern Ireland, but a very small fish in the context of the UK. I've got some questions about what it's like, you know, navigating that kind of an organization. But first, help us understand what what, what does this bank look like? Is it still very much a retail and, and, and sort of a business banking thing? Or are you also doing some of the, quote unquote, hot finance uh, categories that, that some of our colleagues are, are in, you know, the investment yeah. banking? The- yeah, very, very much uh, kind of uh, uh, consumer and business banking. So mortgages, current accounts, savings for your consumers, and then, you know, business lending, business current accounts. Uh, so probably the, you know, the sort of top end of what we do is, let's say you're a FTSE, that's our stock market index. 
Um, we would participate in lending to some of the very largest companies in the UK, but nowhere near any of the kind of investment banking capabilities. You bog, you know, you your your day to day consumer and business bank. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, companies of a certain size go to you. Uh, larger companies presumably are 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 dealing with another kind of a, of a bank that that. Uh... Yeah, they are, but we do have we do have some FTSE clients as well who are Northern Ireland based that we we bank. So you know, a big we're really lucky. We're owned by a Danish bank, so uh, from that I get a lot of advantages because being part of a Nordic bank, you know, who is a leader in their market, they have really really good tech. So one of the things that I get, which I can able to leverage, which helps me as well, you know, deal with some of those larger customers, is that really strong tech capability. So I've got, yeah, I like to see it as the best of both worlds. You've got great tech, but also great local people who understand your business or, you know, or your day-to-day banking. And it's that combination of both that seems to really work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Now let, let's get to what it's like managing a thousand person organization. Uh, first question, obviously you're not managing a thousand people. You've got direct reports, but is do, do you actually enjoy the, because it's so much a matter of keeping the propellers spinning, right? You know, the, 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 what, 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 what about that appeals to you? Cause I, I, I know it doesn't appeal to a lot of people myself being one of those people. You know, that's the bit that gives me a huge amount of energy in my job. Uh, I love the technical aspects of banking, but I love the, I love the people side. Um, and I've had some brilliant predecessors who really help you know, prepare me, but you know, I'm the first woman who's ever uh, sat in the CEO seat. Now, why is that relevant? That's relevant because two-thirds of our bank is women. So, you know, we think about people who work in a branch and work in a call centre and work in a head office. You know, some of those roles are traditionally more sort of female-orientated, uh, but, you know, that's by no means, uh, you know, it's women all throughout the organisation. But yeah, that allowed me, I was very thoughtful about when I took over the role, about what kind of leader I wanted to be, and I really wanted to be front and centre you know, that I am a female leader, I've got four kids, I want to have a happy family and a happy, um, you know, work life as well. So, you know, that was a real deliberate choice to have a very, very open style, talk about my family, talk about what I did out of work, because I think people respond to a leader that they feel, you know, maybe has the same challenges as them, you know, maybe, you know, identifies what what's going on with their world. So that was a very deliberate approach. And um, yeah, as I said, it gives me a load of energy when I interact with colleagues. Part of my job I really, really like. You know, and I can imagine, although the majority of the company was female, I suspect uh, it was a little top-heavy from a, a male perspective, uh, and might still be. Yeah, we're we're actually up to forty five percent female in the senior grade. So you know, lots of progress. Oh, but you know, we have. Um, I, I'm really blessed. With fantastic colleagues. You know, male, female. Um, we have a real focus on diversity and inclusion. Uh, across all the spectrums, not just gen- genders is one very small part of it, you know, gender, disability, you know, ethnicity, sexuality, because, you know, I, I do think if you create an organisation where people feel like they belong and can be them true selves, you know, A, people are more likely to stay in that kind of organisation, but B, they're more likely to do the best work. So, you know, that creating of an environment that, you know, where people do feel like they belong is 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 something that I think is really important. All right. This is maybe getting a little too in the weeds and a little tactical, but it's sort of a selfish question because I think about this a lot. I, presumably, you spend a lot of your day, week, month public speaking to you know executives, the entire company, what have you, um, and and maybe you know executives, politicians just are are built differently where they can you know freestyle these these speeches, these talks. 
Uh, whereas mortals like myself have to, you know, spend 10 minutes prepping for every one minute of, of <laughs> you know, of, of, of speech time, let's say. What, 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 how do you deal with that? Are you able to sort of just walk up and give a speech or do you spend a bunch of time prepping this, this or are you just repeating the same message over and over again? And, yeah, look, there's a little bit of both. I've got so much better. So more you do, it's like anything, the more you do, the easier it is. And I do think in terms of talking to, to colleagues or politicians or whatever, the the less in a sense the less prepped you are the more authentic you come across and when you get to a stage you've been working in a business for a long time you kind of know all the content it's all about you know the style so I, I do prep a lot less than I've done before um so you, you know I, I yeah, time, time you know my role and with the kids and I'm sure like everybody from inside you know we're all multitasking all the time to be as efficient as possible so I definitely am not a big prepper anymore from that perspective. Uh, in terms of the messages, you know, as you say, a lot of the messages are the same again and again. You know, when I talk about strategy and vision and what we're going to do to the organisation, I, I don't know until once I say that two, three, four, five, you know, ten times over a year, multiple more than that. So, you know, again, that helps as well with the prep time and just becomes natural. Yeah, yeah. Now, to, to the extent you can talk about it, be be interested to hear kind of what, what your you know, five, 10, 15 year uh, horizon looks like is, is what's the normal tenure of someone in a job like yours? Can they keep this job indefinitely? Or is you, you generally, you know, kind of, you're, you're on a, you know, a, whatever the right word is, you know, rotating door, what, what have you, and then kind of what, what's next for, for, for somebody like yourself? Yeah, look, hopefully they'll keep me for a, for a good while longer. So I'm nearly nearly three years in the role. I probably contrast, I think about my husband, Bill, and, you know, he's a family business CEO. You know, I think that kind of CEO, you know, is in it for 10, 20, 30 years or however long, you know, that business lasts. I think in a in a bank or a public clearing company or a subsidiary or, you know, similar to the organisation, you know, I'm in, you know, there's probably a, a lifespan that's right for the organization and for the individual because you, know, you need a freshness and an energy to, you know, that probably, I don't know, whether you call it somewhere between the five and the 10 year mark, you know, that seems to be about normal in terms of uh, tenure. So not thinking about doing anything uh, anytime soon, but in terms of what could come next, there's some non-executive stuff. I kind of would love to go back and study uh, at some stage, kind what? of feel I've let that what? bit drop. I've always loved science. I did a science degree, so I kind of have completely let that bit go. Um, so that's kind of on the to-do list. I'd like to got loads of hobbies. So I'd like to do golf and tennis, and I don't know beer. Um, and then obviously spend spend yeah spending a lot of time with the kids. I try really hard to do that at the moment. Sometimes I get it right, sometimes I don't. But you know that as I look out for the future, the kids leaving home, being flexible at some point in the future to spend as much time with them is is really important. Now, you mentioned these hobbies, these golf tennis. Are you doing this stuff right now or this is just aspirational? You know, when and if you have the time, you will, you'll be doing this stuff. Uh, more when and if the time. So we do have a, uh, a tennis ladies group, which we started doing a bit of tennis, but it's turned more into an annual trip where there's a few more glasses of wine than there is tennis. But there's an occasional <laughs> bit of paddle tennis thrown in there, which is a big... Uh, uh, which is a big craze, which I really like. So um, we, yeah, we live near a tennis club, and I think we see some of you you people coming through town every once in a while, and yeah, spending more time in the bar than than on on the court. Um, now, uh, this is a potentially inappropriate question. You know, it's always weird talking about money, uh, but I, I I don't want any numbers, <laughs> but I, I kind of want to know if if you felt this happen to you, where it's it's sort of it's almost human nature. Where are you've got you've got some goal where you're trying to get to. 
Um, but then once you get that goal, you've now got a new goal that's that's that that's a bigger number, and 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 because of for whatever reason, human nature, or who you're exposed to, and this new environment you're in, you're like no no no, this this old number wasn't what is no longer going to work. I need this new number, and you get on this treadmill. Uh, do you do you feel like like that's happened to you, or you see things totally differently? Yeah, I probably do things different. Uh, do think you see things differently I think and for me it's back to that community bit you know Northern Ireland is two million people you know walk down the road and I see customers friends of customers uh you know businesses that we've invested in businesses that we've supported and I think more about longevity and impact being more about trying to do something that makes a difference for the community now I'm not saying like everybody wants to be fairly remunerated I'm not naive enough not to you know obviously that's 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 part of it but it's you know, it, it is it is that small small place community thing which really drives you to say how do I you know how do I have the best impact I can you know sim- not simple things but you know as an organization we raised a quarter of a million pounds in the last couple of uh, years for mental health for young people that's really 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 rewarding and those are the things that that you know really motivate me so um, yeah, I'm lucky that I get I get a buzz from you know every every sort of aspect of the role. So if if members of your board are listening to this, what you're telling them is you don't need any more money, and maybe you you could even take less, and you'd be happy doing what what you're doing. <laughs> so like lo- lo- loads to do, lots to look forward to. <laughs> no good good no comment good no <laughs> comment. Okay, let's uh let let's let's ask the 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 final question we ask everybody. Uh, and it's a two-parter, like the first one. Um, is there anything that um, we as the community can do to help you, either you know professionally or personally, and vice versa? What sort of things are you able to do to help us as, as the community? Yeah, look, I, I don't know about you, but I absolutely loved the reunion. I just had such a ball and such a brilliant group of people. Um, and I'd love to get together with everybody more frequently. Yeah, one of the things about Northern Ireland is I think the Alumni Association of Northern Ireland is meeting Bill in our house. So you know, it's not too many. It's not too many of us. So what would I love to do with the community? You know, I think with you know four kids at home, it's not a lot of traveling. So I kind of, you know, in the future, I'd love to get out and about and see people more and connect. And you know, career wise, maybe that's uh, you know sometime in the future have. Uh, have an international element to it. I, I, I don't know. So, you know, from the community, like I'd love to just keep in touch with people and, and see people. And in fact, we were with Australia um, in the summer and um, met up with a bunch of the Aussie in Seattle. So that was fab. In terms of what I can give um, back, um, like anyone who needs any kind of insight on banking or anything that I can help with, um, we'd absolutely delighted to. I think ha- I mean, there's lots of people in INSEAD who've, who are in the CEO role, but I think there's some unique challenges that come with that. So, you know, anything, anytime, anyone wants any insights and anyone who comes to Ireland, if they don't come and visit us in Northern Ireland, then I'd be disappointed. So there's always a bed, uh, a bed here and uh, a good uh, night out and uh, a few beers. So, yeah, love to see anyone who's traveling over this way. Yes, I, I live in a similarly uh, INSEAD uh, sparse location, and I tell people <laughs> if if you don't if you don't let me know you're nearby within a hundred miles, I'm, my feelings will be very hurt. Uh, <laughs> Likewise, I'll, I'll, we'll we'll assume the same is the case with you, Vicky. Say thank you so so much for for making the time. It was really nice catching up. Thanks so much, Joe. And yeah, to everyone listening, I hope to catch up really soon. Bye. Bye-bye.